1: Welcome to Fizz Final, and it's kind of a sad Fizz Final for all of you Syracuse fans out there. Maybe it's uh, it's what you expected, but Syracuse falls to 1-8 for the first time since 2005. And now Jaron May and Brad Klein are here to break it all down. Make sure you go fi- find all of our content, orangefizz.net. Uh, Orange Fizz on Twitter and of course Fizz Radio on SoundCloud. But Brad, let's talk about this absolute blowout that Syracuse just had. Louisville 30,
0: the Orange zero. Syracuse put up zero points, <laughs> <laughs> and and to Louisville no less. Louisville's really not the type of team that you think about. Oh man, that that defense rolling into town. There's really no one on that defense that scares you at that point. Thirty nothing. That speaks to the offense and the defense, right? And and I don't even know where to start here. You know what? How about this? Let's start with both. Start with time of possession, Jaron. 42 (laughs) minutes to 18 minutes. Time of possession.
1: When you look at time of possession plays in the game, it was all atrocious. I mean, Syracuse didn't have more than 20. They had less than a third of the time of possession (laughs) in this game. (laughs) Absolutely crazy. Then when you look at at total plays, and I'm I'm pulling up all the stats right now, Syracuse, I mean, had forty-one plays. Louisville had 79 total yards. The Orange 137. The Cardinals 413. If you just look at the stats and don't even you didn't even have to watch this game. Look at the stats, look at the final score, you understand what happened in this one.
0: Yeah, and and just to zero in on one side of the ball, trust me, we'll get to both of them, but gosh, the offense just could not move the ball in any way, shape, or form. As per usual, it's the same story, different game. Sean Tucker played pretty well, five and a half yards a carry, nearly six in this game, but beyond that, there was nothing going whatsoever. Cooper Lutz had three carries for 12 yards, and Syracuse as a team passed for 45, and It doesn't help it that you can't throw the ball with what is supposed to be your Messiah freshman quarterback. What's really the point of playing Jacobian Morgan, by the way, if he's throwing 42% in the air.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely worrisome. I was going into this game with some pretty high hopes, uh, on our website, if you if you read our crystal ball, I was the only staff member of Orange Fizz, which now looks like a horrible take. But I was the only staff member that picked Syracuse in this game oh my. because Jared. I saw.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about this. I... You okay, bud? Let's put Jaron <laughs> under the microscope.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely a tough day. It's definitely it was definitely a tough night to watch that game as a Syracuse fan. Uh, listen. If we want to stay on the offensive side of the ball right now for Syracuse, you talk about Jacoby and Morgan. He came into the game with the best QB rating out of all of the SU quarterbacks so far this season, and that just plummeted into the trash today. They only Syracuse was only able to put together seven first downs, and what I re- would really like to key in on is, Is the third down play calling and just the third down efficiency overall? Syracuse went one for 10 on third downs tonight against Louisville. It was, I mean, if you can't move the ball on third down, I don't understand how you can expect to score. And against a very, very, very bottom-tier ACC team like Louisville, you got to be able to convert those third downs.
0: Yeah, and Jaron, don't forget that that lone third down conversion came on the last drive. In fact, I think it was the last play of the game from Cooper Lutz. So really, it was really an offer in the third down department it's it's inexcusable, right? And and you think about almost it's a statistical anomaly, right? Even for a team that does not score any points, that did not get into the red zone, and that really has no way of moving the ball outside of Sean Tucker, you're bound to run into one or two. It's it's actually unbelievable. And when you think about it, right? Sean Tucker runs for six yards per carry. Okay, so in theory, he's setting Syracuse up with second down and manageable. Yeah, that's pretty good should be, it's fantastic. Second down yeah, in manageable, should, should be third down in shorts at that point. And the Orange just can't convert from there. So really, if you're Jacobian and Morgan, if you're Rex Culpepper, if you're Dylan Markowitz, God rest his soul if he ever gets into this game and actually is asked to pass and asked to move the ball with this offense. He wasn't actually asked to throw the ball in his lone drive. But whoever the quarterback is, you have to be able to convert whether it's with your legs or whether it's with your arm, when the running game gives you a third down and short.
1: Mm-hmm. So here's here goes the question again, and this has been the question forever, Brad, but I feel like we can take a wider lens and, and kind of zoom out on everything. Specifically tonight, Jacoby and Morgan, 5 for 12, 40 yards, one interception, no touchdowns. Horrible is the word to to describe that. But let's zoom out and let's have this conversation that everyone has been having throughout the season. You thought Morgan was going to be the guy and deserve to have the last couple starts of this season after DeVito went down and Culpepper didn't really look like he could be a starting quarterback. But after this performance against Louisville, and now you have two solid opponents with NC State and Notre Dame coming up to finish out this season, do you go back to Culpepper or do you stick
0: with Morgan? So it's an interesting question. You know, I've always been Team Markowitz. I always thought it was a little odd that Jacoby and Morgan got the nod over Markowitz after Rex Culpepper. Now, it's not very easy to argue because we can't see practice and we can't see what's going on in that quarterback battle between Morgan and and uh, Markowitz, but it can't be Jacoby and Morgan. I mean, it just cannot be because if it is, then that's a message to the team saying, hey, guys. If you underperform, if you embarrass yourself on primetime national television, you're still going to go out there and play. And that cannot be the motto, cannot be the message that head coach Dino Baber should be sending a one-win football team right now. Nothing should be guaranteed to anyone in any capacity. And if you go 5-for-12 with an interception only 40 yards, just over 40% passing and no touchdowns to show for it, you have no business being on the football field. It's as simple as that. You have to incentivize playing time for these young guys, and that's why it, it can be literally anyone else on the roster besides Jacobian and Morgan. I would put out Rob Hanna before I'd put out Jacobian and Morgan again. That being said, I would start Rex Culpepper for the Notre Dame game. I would start Dylan Markowitz for NC State. I would start Rex Culpepper. For Notre Dame, because you don't want to expose your freshman quarterback, whether it's Morgan or Markowitz against a team like Notre Dame. We saw what happened in 2018 with Tommy DeVito.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I feel like I would agree with you. Uh, I, I worry about changing up the quarterbacks on a game to game basis. But this season is just like it's in the trash. So why not change some things up? Test it out. But again, this is Fizz Final. Jaron May here with Brad Klein. We're breaking down Syracuse's big loss to Louisville, the final score 30 to nothing. And Brad, before we switch over to the Syracuse defensive side and the Louisville offensive side of things, I want to play a little trivia with you. So, Syracuse gets skunked, they get just completely blown out, um, and they don't score a point. When is the last time that Syracuse
0: football? Didn't score a point. Do you know that? Twenty fifteen, Clemson. I think it was a fifty-four nothing loss. Believe me, I still have nightmares from this game. So yeah. there's no way I'm forgetting it.
1: Yeah. No. So you had the you had the game right. It was fifty-four nothing against number three Clemson. It was twenty sixteen. Uh, oh, but okay. close enough. Now, now my next question, and, and we're gonna have one more piece of trivia. When's the last time, and maybe you don't know this one because it might not be seared in your brain as much because that one, that that Clemson loss was hurtful. When's the last time Syracuse was skunked by an unranked opponent?
0: Gosh, I can't tell. I mean, (laughs) unranked opponent can't tell you. I'll, I'll guess 2005 because that seems to be a motif here.
1: Yeah, uh, it's actually it's not that bad. It's 2013 against Georgia Tech uh, when Georgia Tech skunked Syracuse 56 to nothing. So um, that's a little fun trivia here on Fizz Final. I also have one last fun fact that I'll throw out there. Then we'll get to the defensive side of things for Syracuse. Uh, The Orange last time that they started a season one and seven was back in 2005. Their next game in 2005 was against South Florida. And they got blown out, uh, and they got skunked. Now they go one and seven to start this season, they play Louisville, and they don't score a point in that next game as well. So there's a little I guess connection right there. I guess we're parting like it's two thousand five here. Yeah, and uh, they and they Saracen's finished one
0: and ten in 5 too. There was no light at the end of the tunnel from that terrible start, just to foreshadow twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, Uh, it was definitely a painful year for Syracuse fans, and I guess you can say 2020 is as well. Uh, That was during the Greg Robinson era, and we obviously know Robinson wasn't the greatest coach, but he still had three more seasons with the Orange after that 2005 campaign. So people... uh, uh, wondering what's going to happen with, with Dino. Uh, it seems like Syracuse is staying with him for at least next season. All right, let's get back to tonight's game again. Syracuse loses to Louisville 30 to nothing. Jaron May here and Brad Kline uh, breaking it all down. And Brad, let's go to the defensive side of things for Syracuse. You give up 30 points to Louisville, a not great offensive team, especially without their starting running back. Um, it's not that good of a defensive performance but it's also not the worst you've had
0: well if you want to lump the special teams in with defense it was actually a pretty decent performance in terms of takeaways i mean you i don't know why but neither team could actually can contribute and actually execute on special teams louisville fumbled the ball twice on punts alone and they lost one of them but i mean really and syracuse did it it three times of course so it's like not to be topped by the Cardinals in any, <laughs> any category there. But the defense giving up 30 points, I want to rip them. I really do. And I want to say, oh, well, you know, you can't be giving up 30 points. But at the same time, when the offense leaves you on the field for 42 minutes, how do you not give up 30 points? That The time of possession is so unbalanced, I'm surprised it's not a bigger margin here. And I know it's, it's, it's this has become a habit for a lot of Syracuse fans to blame the offense for the defensive woes. And I for one have been trying to stay away from that because you can only blame the offense so much for so many things, but when you you get a time of possession like this, this just this is uncompetitive football here. You have no yeah. chance of winning mathematically with this imbalance.
1: Yeah. Uh, the thing that really stood out to me, there's two things, and I'll start with this and kind of get your take on it. The the big problem on the defensive side of things this season for Syracuse has been the rush defense. It's the worst in the ACC uh, towards the bottom of all FBS schools uh, throughout the country. Now, the Orange only allow 134 yards on the ground today. That's pretty decent in my mind, and especially with a dual threat quarterback like Malik Cunningham. The thing that really stood out is the the ab- the the ability for Louisville to be able to pass the ball, uh two hundred and seventy-nine, let's round it up to two hundred and eighty yards through the air against a very good Syracuse secondary was a little surprising, at least in my opinion.
0: Yeah, Jaron, I mean look, you can be the one who applauds a defense for holding a team to 130 yards on the ground. After that team lost their star running back to the NFL draft, you be that guy, I'll be the other guy, okay? Because <laughs> this is a team with a dual-threat quarterback that really makes his living with his legs and Malik Cunningham, and he torches Syracuse for 220 yards on his own. So that's not good. That There's no silver lining there that you can look at. And I think, I think it's become a fallacy that the 3-3-5, specifically the Syracuse 3-3-5 in 2020, is... Very good at defending the pass and very poor at defending the run. They are poor at defending the run. And I'm not going to say they did a poor job today, but that you're right. That has been their Achilles heel. But I think the youth, for whatever reason, is really starting to bleed through the tape. And that, to me, is one of the most disappointing things about this year. Is that, okay, you look at the roster and Syracuse starts six freshmen on the defensive side of the ball which is a program record for any given side of the ball, period. So you're thinking, okay, we're pretty late in the season now. These freshmen, Amon Greenwood, Jihad Carter, Rob Hanna, they've all been playing before. They've all been playing serious ACC football this year, thrown into the fire because of injuries, because of opt-outs, what have you. You're expecting them to look like sophomores at this point. And Dino Babers has said this in press conferences before. Hey, It only takes about five games for you to look older than you actually are. We're beyond that point. And Amon Greenwood, Jahad Carter, they're still making these not only rookie mistakes, because it's okay to make a rookie mistake when you're a rookie. They're making mistakes that I feel like should have been weeded out after the first or second game. And they're just not growing at the pace that Syracuse needs them to grow and that Syracuse fans really want to see them grow.
1: You're right. Uh, there's definitely some need to improve on the defensive side of the ball. I, I I mean, I think there's a need to improve everywhere. I wouldn't kind of harp on the younger guys as much as you are. Garrett Williams with an interception um, tonight. I think a lot of those younger guys contributed uh, at least a little bit, um, especially with this. I think the secondary... Wasn't great at stopping the pass, but they were great on coming down and recognizing that it was going to be a run play uh, and being able to cover the outside and contain Malik Cunningham, who likes to have designed rollouts or RPOs or whatever it may be. So I'm not going to put too much emphasis on the younger guys tonight. I think it was really just a miscue and a fact of, the defense just never got off the field. And that's kind of what you where you started with your point, and I think that that's a really uh, good take right there. I mean, you're going to give up points against a Division I Power 5 program if you're on the field for 40-plus minutes in a football game. It's just a fact of life. Um, so if you give up 30 points in being on the field for 41 minutes, that's okay. The fact that your offense can't do anything for you, that's where I really have a problem. And that's where I think Syracuse needs uh, to improve in the future. So uh, we're going to wrap things up here on Fizz Final. Brad, let me get your final thoughts on this game against Louisville and maybe what Syracuse football can can do to try to somewhat salvage these last two games.
0: Look, it's definitely the, t- the type of game that Syracuse fans want to forget in a hurry. So honestly, I'd be impressed if they made it to the end of this podcast here, this Fizz Final Edition, because <laughs> no one wants to hear about this. There is no good news here. There is no silver lining. The young guys didn't look good. The veterans obviously didn't step up. You get shelled 30 to nothing against a two-win Louisville team, now three. Look, you have NC State this coming week. They're a very, very good football team, and I'll, I'll just level with Syracuse football fans out there. They have three quarterbacks that are better than any other quarterback on the roster for the Orange, so they're going to have to rely on Sean Tucker a lot, and the NC State Wolfpack play a 3-3-5 as well. So if there was ever a time for the Orange offense to have a slight advantage compared to other weeks, it should be this week because they have the scout team on their side.
1: All right. Well, Syracuse and NC State coming up next weekend. Um, As for this week, again, Syracuse falls to Louisville. 30 to nothing is your final score. My final takeaway of this game is basketball cannot come soon enough. (laughs) Syracuse men's basketball again enrolling this upcoming Friday right after Thanksgiving. Hopefully, as long as COVID doesn't shut anything down and the program is able to come back off of pause and able to practice before that game against Bryant. If you want our analysis and all of our Orange Fizz uh, information, you can go listen to our Fizz radio episode that is on our SoundCloud, Uh, and you can, of course, find all of our articles throughout the rest of the football season and the much more exciting and hopefully happier men's basketball season that's coming up uh, in just a, a week, I guess. Pretty exciting stuff. All right, for Brad Klein, I'm Jaron May. Make sure you go check out all of our content, and thanks for tuning in to this Fizz Final.